Welcome to the Onyx Gems Podcast, where we drop gems, have a good laugh, and empower you to become the best version of yourself. So sit back, relax, and listen up. We've got tons to share with you. And we are back. Um, This is the Onyx Gems Podcast. It's been a while since we've done an episode. Uh, Took a little break. Uh, Family reasons, but we're back. I wanted to do a podcast here. I tried to do a a video on Facebook and uh, just was not uh, working out for me. So um, I decided to go ahead and uh, get this back up and running. Um, So uh, without really wasting any time, uh, today's episode um, is titled B-Y-O-B. Now, a lot of you probably are thinking that I'm talking about um, some form of alcohol or um, some kind of beverage. I'm not talking about bring your own bottle. Uh, today, we're talking about becoming your own bank. Um, now, I posted on Facebook uh, a few days ago about uh, generational curses and how we can kind of turn the tide and in, in breaking that uh, the cycle that we always go through. Um, I know um, in my family and my lineage, um, it's always been a uh, a bit of a struggle to kind of gain traction uh, financially. Um, there have been a lot of highs, well, not as many highs as there have been lows. Um, so it's been a bit of a struggle, um, and. Uh, we're kind of turning a tide here and um, making smarter decisions and better investments to um, kind of move us down the road a little bit further than we've been before. Um, but getting right into the topic, um, we're going to talk today about becoming your own bank. Um, now, the biggest question that a lot of people have is, well, don't I need a lot of money to become my own bank? I have to you know, open up a branch and I have to have this and I have to have that. And, you know, I have to have these federal regulations and this is that and the third. And, uh, that's not, uh, the direction we're going in. What we're really going to be talking about, um, is how you can actually become your bank. Um, and it has all the benefits of being a bank without any of the risk of actually being a bank. So how can you do it? I feel like I've talked about this topic before, but I'm going to talk about it again um, because we really need to hone in on this. And and this goes a long way into breaking generational curses. Whole life insurance or permanent life insurance. I know that probably isn't what you are expecting me to say, um, but this is the direction that we're going in. Whole life insurance, a permanent life insurance is the direction that we're going in um, that has a cash value rider. Now, why do I say that? Why, why am I suggesting these things? Um, well, this is one of the ways that you can kind of pay yourself um, and always pay yourself for the rest of your life. Um, now, for those of you who are not familiar um, with how life insurance works, Um, There are um, two different kinds. There's term, um, which generally only covers you for a certain period of time. 
um, or a finite particular period of time, 10 year, 20 year, 30 year, 50 year. Um, and at the end of the term, it's just over whatever, um, monies that you paid into that particular policy is gone. It, it disappears, vanishes in the thin air. Um, but with permanent life insurance, this is an insurance that, uh, covers you for your entire life. It covers you for your entire life. Okay. Um, now with any, um, insurance, um, of course the main payout is, is the death benefit. That's really the only way, uh, most people understand of getting cash out of an insurance policy is, well, the only way I can benefit from this is if I die. Well, that's also untrue, and we're going to get into that in a second. So why does this matter? Why does this matter? Um, and how can this change my life? Um, it matters because it's kind of, um, as I alluded before, a risk-free way to become your own bank without the brick and mortar without needing an accountant, without needing a drive through without needing a vault, without needing tellers, without needing, you know, deposit slips, you literally become your own bank and it's all completely virtual. Now, um, typically speaking, and, and this is why I say um, we are going to go in the whole life insurance direction. I'm going to take you back a little bit um, to when you're a child. Um, Generally speaking, if your parents had the conversation with you about finance, as mine did, you know, the common consensus was, well, you know, you need to go to school. Um, you need to make really good uh, grades so you can get into a really good college and you can make, um, you know, get this degree and you can go get this job and make really good money, you know, invest in a, a 401k, you know, get you a nice retirement, go get you a big house and a fancy car, get married, have kids and live the American dream. That is what I was sold as a child. And that's what I pursued as an adult, because that's what I felt um, the right thing was to do. Um, but the ideal of that American dream is really unrealistic now um, because we have uh, professionals who have master's and doctorate degrees that are barely making over 20 bucks an hour, you know, um, and I um, or somebody who is undegreed and just have a, has a simple certification are making double, triple, you know, sometimes quadruple what somebody who has a master's or a doctorate degree is making. And um, in school, you go out and you get all of this debt to, to get the master's and the doctorate degree just to get a job, to pay back the loans that you took out to get the degree so you can make the money that you imagine making when you were a kid. Um, because to a kid, a hundred bucks is a lot of money. But as an adult, a hundred bucks can get you through lunch reasonably if you um count up all the expenses that you have you know your rent your lights your water your gas your car note your car insurance breakfast lunch cell phone the clothes that you're wearing a hundred dollars doesn't really go far these days um with rents in my area averaging anywhere between fourteen and seventeen hundred dollars a month, 
you know, um, a hundred dollars doesn't even pay for my rent for a day. And, and that's saying a lot. That's, that's really, really saying a lot. Um, so, um, let's just get back into the meat and the potatoes. You go out and you make that money. And what do you do? You put it in the bank. Let's just say you are fortunate and blessed enough to make enough money to pay your bills, but also have a little money left over. Now, if you work a corporate job, of course, you're always offered the opportunity to invest in a 401k, which I would advise you to invest in a 401k, especially if you have an employer match. If you put a thousand dollars in, your employer will put a thousand dollars in. I would invest you. I would encourage you to invest into your four hundred one k and invest into it until your employer match taps out because it's basically free money. Not only is it free money, it's free money on top of free money if you know how to do it right. And we'll get into that also in another second. Um, but outside of that. You put money into the 401k, you pay your bills, and what do you do with the rest? You put it in the bank. You put it in a savings account. And what does it do in the savings account? Well, your bank tells you, we'll pay you 0.01% interest on all the monies that you have in this savings account as long as the balance is above a certain number or as long as you have these particular amount of transactions going through this particular account, we'll pay you interest in this amount. Now, Let's just say for all intents and purposes, um, you know, you've been working and you have about $10,000 in your savings account. Um, As a matter of fact, let's scratch that. Let's just say um, you got a $10,000 sign-on bonus with your job and you want to put that in your savings account as a rainy day, you know, rainy day fund. So you take it to your bank and you open up a savings account and you put that $10,000 in that savings account and you just say, that's my security. That is your security. If anything happens, if my car breaks down, that's my security. You know, I can just go pull some money out of savings and replace it whenever I can. You know, if you have an emergency medical expense or emergency housing expense, you know, that's that's your that's your leverage. That's your safety net. Um, And off of your safety net, your bank is going to pay you basically one dollar a month off of that ten thousand dollars that you have in that account. So they'll pay you $12 a year. They'll pay you $12 a year to have that $10,000 in the bank account. And that, I mean, you know, for having it just sitting there, you're not doing anything with it. $12 a year to somebody may be like, okay, well, it's it's better than nothing. Well, when I explain to you what I'm about to explain to you, you'll understand why that $12 is really nothing. It's literally nothing. So um, what does your bank do with your money? That's the next question I have. Do you know what your bank does with your money? Do you know how a bank operates? Do you know how a bank continues to stay in business? Do you think they stay in business by selling memberships? Do you think they stay in business by collecting overdrafts from people? Do you think they stay in business by, you know, loaning money to people? Well, Either of those three, yeah, they make money by that, but that's not their primary source of income. And I'm going to tell you what is. Um, so that ten thousand dollars that you took into your uh, took took into your bank, and you put it into your account. 
that bank turns around and says, I'm going to give you 0.001% of the money that you put in there. We're going to take your $10,000, however, and we're going to loan it to a small business. And we're going to charge that small business anywhere between 5 and 15% interest on, the, on your $10,000. But we're going to give you 0.01% of the interest that we collect from this small business. Okay, so let's just say for intents and purposes, a small business walks into your bank and they get the $10,000 loan and your bank charges them a 10% interest rate, you know, over, I'm going to just say a year, 10% interest rate over a year. So basically that small business, ABC LLC, has to pay your bank $1,000 extra on top of the $10,000 that they borrow from the bank. So off of your $10,000, your bank has made 1000 and they paid you $12 over the course of that year. So your bank made $988 off of your money sitting there. And you made 12 Does that sound like a, a fair trade-off for your money that you work for? For your hard-earned money, you know, the money that you accumulated from the opportunities that were presented to you, your bank made 88% of the profit off of that money. Not 88, I'm sorry, 99% of the of the money, um, of the interest off of that money that you had there. Does that seem fair? Would you lend somebody money? And would you lend somebody money at a a 0.001 interest rate? You give somebody a thousand dollars and just, and you tell them, okay, well just pay me a thousand and twelve dollars back a thousand and ten dollars. No financial institution would lend at that rate because it couldn't stay profitable. It would be highly marketable because everybody would go to that particular business or that particular branch or bank to borrow money because borrowing money there would be cheap. But it doesn't seem like that's a, a, a fair trade. Um, you know, your bank making 988 bucks off of you over the course of a year and they only give you 12 or making a thousand dollars off of it and they keep 988 and give you 12. So. Let me um, tell you additionally how this even this hurts even more. Um, there's a, a particular concept um, called reserve ratio. Reserve ratio um, is known by financial institutions as far as how much money they're required to keep in their bank accounts or keep in reserve in the event that you come and you need to make a withdrawal. So the going rate used to be, it, it can be up to 10%, but whenever COVID uh, struck and, you know, the international pandemic, the amount of money that the bank is required to hold in a reserve for you is 0%, 0%. 
So you can have $10,000 or go deposit $10,000 and that bank is not required to keep that $10,000 in reserve for you if you decide you deposit it today and you decide you want it tomorrow. They don't have to keep that $10,000 on hand. And I can promise you one thing, and I speak from experience. You cannot just go to the bank and make a large deposit. I mean, a, a large withdrawal. You have to schedule an appointment to make a large withdrawal because the bank has to make sure that the amount of the withdrawal that you are getting, they have it actually at the bank to, to give it to you. And because they are not required to reserve that money, they require that you call in advance if you need to make a, a large withdrawal. Why do you think there's a $500 limit per day on your on your ATM card? That that's because they're not required to even keep that $500 on hand for you. If there was not a limit on credit card transactions or debit card transactions when you go to the bank, well, banks would be horribly under-reserved. When you call and say, "Hey, I need to make a $10,000 withdrawal," They tell you, okay, we need 45 minutes, we need two hours, we need a half a day to make sure we have the funds to cover this transaction. And they set up an appointment and they tell you what time you can come. And, and that's, that's pretty much what it is, you know. Um, so this is how the bank makes money off of you. And, and you don't you don't realize it and a lot of people don't realize it and I don't I don't fault people for not knowing it um, but knowledge is power now you know this is how banks money make money off of you you know they they will offer you a free membership you know they'll offer you you know cash back perks if you have a certain amount of money in your bank account they'll offer you um, interest or special interest rates which are really crappy. Um, if you have a certain amount or you deposit a certain amount in a month or whatever, if you have, um, direct deposit, that's their incentive for getting you free checking. You know, if you have direct deposit, this means it's a guarantee for a bank. It's a guarantee that I know that this particular person is going to have money coming into this account every single month. So that means more money that I can take and make money off of their money because of this reserve ratio. This is another thing that the bank does. The bank invests in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and index funds. So that same $10,000, they didn't have to reserve it. They loaned it to that business. You still have that $10,000 there. They loaned it to the business. The business paid back that $10,000. It's still there. They take the same $10,000 and they can either invest in the stock market or they can loan it to another business um, or they can invest in projects. Um, they can invest in real estate. They can support things that you don't necessarily support either. Um, they can support organizations that you don't approve of. And this is all done with your money, and you don't even know it's done with your money. Um, so I, I just want you guys to be aware of how your banks are making money off of you. Now, this is how you turn the tide. You're going to need a bank account. And, and by far, I'm not telling you not to have a bank account. You're going to have to have a bank account. 
you know, just the way that the world works and the way that money moves. Um, and especially with things becoming digital now, you're going to have to have a bank account. Um, so the best thing to do is to pay yourself first and then you put the money in the bank account. But how do you do that? I'm glad you asked me. Permanent life insurance. This acts as your own bank account. You can put that money every time you get paid. You can make deposits into that particular life insurance policy, which of course raises your benefit or your death benefit or your death payout. Um, and um, then you can take the money out of that whole life insurance policy and then you can put it into the bank. But let me explain to you how we do this. Okay, so um, going to get a, a permanent life or a whole life insurance policy basically means you go to a company um, or a financial institution that offers it and you tell them, hey, this is what I want. You can add particular writers to it. Um, I would suggest to add a cash value writer. As with any policy, um, there is a premium that applies to the policy, which means, you know, you're going to have to pay. Um, the same way you pay a Netflix or you pay a Hulu or, you know, an Apple Music or whatever the case may be, um, there is a, almost a subscription, not necessarily a subscription, but it's a premium fee that you have to pay every month. You can either pay this monthly or you can pay it yearly. Um, but you make deposits into this as you would make deposits into a bank account, right? Um, once you make those deposits, literally your whole life insurance policy has cash value. The minute you make those deposits, it has cash value. And the same way that you deposit money into a bank, you can withdraw money from the bank. You can withdraw money from your whole life insurance policy, but you're not technically withdrawing money. You can't withdraw money from a whole life insurance policy. You can borrow money against your whole life insurance policy. And let me tell you why it is so much better to do it this way than to withdraw money from your bank account. So the minute you invest in your whole life insurance policy, um, you can actually start investing into the stock market. Um, you can start investing into what are known as uh, universal index funds, um, which is probably the safest bet and what most life insurance companies invest in in the first place. Now, if you're not familiar with the stock, stock market, generally speaking, index funds pay, you know, anywhere between 7 and 12% interest every single year between 7 and 12% interest every single year. So, if you have $1000 in that um, in that account and in your whole life insurance policy and the stock market has a good year and averages 10% over the course of the year, well that $1000 made you $100. Literally, that $1000 made you $100. Um just kind of alluding or going back to the example that I gave you of having um, $10,000 in an account and in a savings account and it paying you $12, $1,000 
and a whole life insurance policy will pay you 100 You see the difference? Not as much money in the whole life insurance policy, but it pays you more than what the savings account would have paid you with 10 times the amount of money in it. Huge difference. Now, imagine if you have that $10,000 in the whole life insurance policy, right? And you average 10% returns every year. Well, that's $1,000 that you're making on your $10,000. Okay? $1,000 that you're making off of $10,000 from just sitting there. Now, let me remind you, this is the same $10,000 that was sitting in your bank account that was just sitting there. You wasn't using it. And you're making $12 off of this $10,000 that you got in this account every year. I mean, it, it to me, is kind of not really rocket science. It's it's a matter of when you know better, you do better. Um, but it, it I don't feel um, there should be a reason that anybody, after you know this, why you should not or why you would not do this. It just doesn't make sense, especially if you have a nest egg. This is something that can pay you for the rest of your life. Now, you pay yourself first, which means you take the money that you make. You put it into your whole life insurance policy. You borrow against the money. You borrow against the money and then you put it into your account. Let me tell you why borrowing against your money has even has an added benefit. Borrowing gets your own money means that you're taking out a loan. And because you're borrowing gets your own money in a whole life insurance policy, you don't have to do a credit check. You don't have to qualify. It's your money. You can pull it out of bar against it whenever you want to borrow against it. However, the added benefit is borrowed money or money that comes from a loan is non-taxable. So the money that you get from the loan is non-taxable, right? That's number one. Secondly, um, secondly, um, what you do is uh, even after you borrow from that, um, from that money, that money is still there. It's still there. It doesn't go anywhere. You have that $10,000 in your whole life insurance policy and you borrow against it. Your whole life insurance policy value is still $10,000. So the interest that you collect is still $10,000. That amount does not diminish. It doesn't change. It's not, I had $10,000 in there, but I, I borrowed against it. So now I have zero. Even if you borrow that $10,000 against yourself, against that policy, that policy is still valued at $10,000. And the interest on that policy will still accrue on the $10,000. And let me tell you where there's an, an additional added benefit. So you remember those premiums that I was telling you about that you have to pay? And I'm just going to give a guesstimate. I'm going to give a guesstimate. You know, I'm, a, I'm just going to say, hey, um, uh, the premium on a $10,000 uh, whole life insurance policy is 20 bucks a month. It could be more, it could be less. I'm I'm not absolutely sure of the rates, but let's just say it's twenty bucks a month, which um, equates to two hundred forty bucks a year. Now, let's just say you have averaged ten uh, percent um, in 
you know, returns over the course of this year. So you made $1,000 off of your $10,000, less your premiums of $240, which means you made $760 in returns over the course of this year. Now, here's the additional added benefit. Because this is a loan, because you borrowed against your own money, you technically have to pay that money back. Or do you? Or, or do you really have to pay it back? Because you can literally pay, pay, um, you, you have the choice to not pay this back. You know, you barred against the death benefit. The only thing that borrowing does, and if you don't pay it back is if I don't pay it back, it reduces the death benefit. If I had $10,000 in it, I borrowed against the $10,000 policy. I pulled $10,000 out. Well, when I die, I have no death benefit. So the policy quintessentially cancels itself out because there is no additional payout on that policy. But at $10,000 continues to collect interest over the course of the time that you are living and over the course of the time that that policy is active. So what you literally could do is you could take that $740 and for the next 10 to 12 years, allow that $10,000 loan to pay for itself. Literally, the loan would pay for your premiums and it would pay your loan payments on that. And after 10 years, now you got more and, and really not even 10 years, less than 10 years. You know, you have paid off your loan total without any other money, cash out of pocket. You know, your premiums are current, you know, and your premiums are being paid by the interest that you're making off of the money. I mean, come on, like it, when I, when I understood this a while ago, it kind of blew my mind. It was just like, how did I not ever know about this? Like, why did nobody ever teach me about this? And, you know, this is not one of the things that, that you're going to learn in school. You know, this is not one of the things that they're going to, you know, uh, make a class on or anything, but I'm telling you now. So now that you know, what are you going to do? Like what, seriously, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're actually, you're going to go out and you're going to get a whole life insurance policy and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to follow these notes. You're going to follow this, this metric and, and this rubric, um, so that you can literally change the financial outcome of your life. When you're ready to start a business or whenever you're ready to go, let's just say you need a new vehicle and, you know, your credit is bad. Well, I have a whole life insurance policy that has cash value. I can go bar against this particular policy and now I can actually go get a vehicle. Let me take it a step farther. Let me take it a step further. Um, you, you need a new vehicle. You have a cash value life insurance policy. Let's just say you have $20,000. Let's just say you have a $50,000 policy and it has $30,000 of cash value. The car is $20,000 that you want. So you borrow against the policy at $20,000. Well, you have a new car that you don't have to make payments on. You can literally go pay cash for it. Literally, your premiums and uh, or, or the interest that you make off of that money will pay for your premiums and pay that loan down, which is quintessentially paying your car note. Like how many, how many times have, 
and I'll I'll answer that question for you. But how many times have you went to buy a car on your own and literally somebody else paid for your car note? Somebody that wasn't your family member or you know a sugar daddy or your husband or something like that. You know how many times has somebody said, "Hey, let me pay your car note for you." I mean, it's not rocket science. You know, it's it's not something that you really have to put a lot of guesswork into. It's it's really, to me, just common sense. Now, there are a lot of companies that will actually do this for you. They will set up the whole life insurance policies with the cash riders for you. They will show you how to do this, but they're going to charge you to show you how to do this. I'm telling you how to do this for free. For the free. Okay. Now, if you're not if if you're not at that point yet to where you're just like, well, I don't have a large amount of money to deposit. You don't have to. Start off small. Start off small. Make regular contributions to your whole life insurance policy. Regular contributions. You can start off with 50 bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks. You can start off with whatever you want to start off with. But the thing is, you actually need to get started. You actually need to do it. You know, because this is something that can pay you for the rest of your life. And I'll just give you I'll just give you a really simple calculation. And I kind of talked about this and alluded to one of this um, in another one of my posts. I may have talked about it on an, on another podcast, but um, I, I'll give you a, a simple calculation. Um, it's tax time coming up and, and I'll just use some some simple, simple math. Um, and if you're not familiar with this concept I'll kind of break it down but when you invest in a market um, you have two options you can either take your capital gains pay taxes on your capital gains and you can you know deposit that in your account and spend the money that you want to want to spend it on or you can reinvest it into into the market um, or reinvest it on top of the investment that you already um, already made um, now for intents and purposes, the concept and the term that I'm going to talk about is compounding interest. Um, this just simply means taking the interest that you made off of your initial investment, adding it to your initial investment to increase your second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year investment and increasing the amount of interest that you make year by year by year by reinvesting the interest that you uh, basically make off of whatever your balance was at the beginning of that fiscal year. Make sense? I hope so. Um, so um, I'll give an example um, and I'll tell you how much you will have um, versus how much you invested. Um, so let's say today, um, December 7th, 2021, you have $5,000 um in your account or available that you're willing to go ahead and, and get a permanent whole life insurance policy with. Okay. So you start off with $5,000 today and every month, every seventh of every month for 30 years, you put in a hundred dollars a month. Okay. So you have 5,000 to start and then you have a hundred dollars a month for 30 years, right? $100 a month is $1,200 a year times 30 years is $36,000 plus 
your $5,000 initial investment. And we'll stay along and and I'll go a little bit less than where I was before. I'll stay, I go a little bit less than I was before. So with an initial investment of five grand, a monthly contribution of $100, um, the length of time in 30 years, and I'll just say a 9% interest rate because that's generally a safe rate as far as um, what the index funds do every year. Um, with a 1% interest rate variance, uh, meaning you know it could do 8% one year, it could do 10% another, but nine being our range. So over the course of 30 years, with compounding interest, which means the money that you earn in interest every year is put on top of your initial investment. And you do this for 30 years. You do this for 30 years. You do this for 30 years and you don't pull your money out. Your investment over 30 years is $41,000. $41,000. A lot of people see $41,000 in one year. In one year, just in income. But your investment over 30 years is $41,000. With the concept of compounding interest and a variance uh, or interest rate of 9% with a 1% variance from year to year, in 30 years, $41,000 would be worth $229,907.44. Two twenty nine, nine oh seven, and forty four cents. Do you understand how monumental that is? Like, seriously, do you understand how monumental that is? And and just for intents and purposes, I'll give you the percentage of what that return is. It's a 561% return. That's crazy. That's crazy. And all of this from $100 a month for 30 years. Now, before somebody says, oh, $100 a month for 30 years, that's a lot of money. Let me tell you why it's not, and let me debunk why a hundred dollars a month is nothing to you. You spend twenty dollars a week in, in in gas times four weeks in a month. It's eighty bucks, and this is just you driving to work Monday through Friday. This is not to include any any trips that you take or any you know. Uh, shenanigans you know like club trips or you know going out to eat or riding here or going here going there you easily spend a hundred dollars in gas every month people will deem that as a necessity i would agree um eating out mcdonald's raisin canes burger king wing stop pizza hut i can promise you you spend more than a hundred dollars in two weeks netflix you spend 18, 19, 20 bucks a month for Netflix, which computes to about $240 a year. Hulu, I know with my package with Hulu, it's 60 something bucks a month. Every single month I spend that on. Um, eating out, um, buying clothes, 
um, alcohol, most of us spend more than a hundred dollars a month in alcohol. Well, a lot of us spend a lot of money, more money than that, you know, shoes, um, other subscription services, Amazon prime. I know people who live next to me who get packages every single day. And I know prime is, is about 15 bucks a month, 15, 16 bucks a month, but those packages ain't 15, 16 bucks a month. What I'm getting at or what I'm alluding to is you literally have the power to change your families, not only yours, but your family's um, future. And we always talk about, well, I'm going to be the one to break the generational curses. You know, you have that opportunity. You have the opportunity. You know, you can change your life with this. You know, you can be the start of your family's financial boom. You can be that start. You can be the, the rich aunt or the rich uncle or the rich dad or the rich mom, the rich cousin. You can be that person. But you have to make the, uh, the choice and the sacrifice to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that for my family. And once you make the decision to say, I'm going to do this for my family, then you have to convince somebody else, convince a cousin, convince an uncle, convince an aunt, convince your mother, convince your father, convince your brother, convince your sister, you know, convince your neighbors, you know, convince your church members, convince your friends, because we can literally change an entire generation by making the decision to say, I'm going to be the one that changes the outlook of my family, my friends' future. It literally can be that simple. And I, I, I really believe a lot of people think, well, if I'm going to be successful, I have to be a business owner. I have to have this degree. I have to have, you know, that. I have to have the house. I have to have the car. I have to have this job, you know, and I have to look like success. A lot of people feel like you have to look like success to be successful. And that is so not true. That is so not true. The things that successful people have don't make them look successful. You have billionaires who are driving in 1995 Honda Accords happily. You know, you have millionaires and billionaires who are living in apartments. They don't own homes. They don't own cars. They lease cars. They don't wear Gucci and Prada and Givenchy and, and Burberry and Coach. They don't, they don't. They don't flash on social media. They don't care what other people's perception of their lives are. The only thing that rich people are worried about is other people making them richer. That's it. They invest in things that pay them. They invest in assets. They do not invest in liabilities. This method which I have discussed this entire podcast is one surefire way that you can actually change the dynamic and the projectile of yourselves and your family's future. Okay. Now, final thoughts. Um, there's a lot of people will want to know, and I'm sure people will ask, 
how do I get started? Well, there are a few companies, actually quite more than a few, um, that, uh, that offer whole life insurance policies with the cash writer. Um, and you can Google any one of these companies. You can Google whole life insurance policies, and I'm pretty sure a slew of them will come up. Um, the ones that I found um, uh, to be the best, um, Northwestern Mutual, Mass Mutual, and New York Life. Okay? Northwestern Mutual, Mass Mutual, New York Life. You can also call your local insurance agent. Um, I know State Farm may be one of the companies that uh, offers um, whole life insurance policies. Um, that way you can actually physically go in and talk with someone. Northwestern Mutual, Mass Mutual, and New York Life, all of those will be, you know, either Zoom or telephone. Um, but if you wanted to go speak with someone, I would uh, say State Farm would be a good bet for you to actually go out and uh, have a conversation if you have more questions beyond this podcast, that is. Um, as always, if you're following this podcast, um, you know how to reach me. Um, social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, I am everywhere. You guys know you can ask me any questions. Um, comment on this post. It'll be posted on our Facebook page, the Onyx Gems Facebook page. Um, go ahead and give this podcast a follow. Um, and we're going to be having more episodes um, about life-changing opportunities um, that affect us, affect our communities, and how to change uh, the tide of generational wealth and how we can become better as millennials um, and as Gen X, Gen Y, whatever you want to identify yourself as. Um, there are always opportunities um, that present themselves to us um, that we can take advantage of. We just have to know how. See you guys in the next one. Like, subscribe, and share. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope you learned something to spring you into action. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, and share our podcast with your friends. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Onyx Gems 2. That's facebook.com forward slash Onyx Gems 2.